This is Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick, and I'm joined, as always, by Robert Brokamp, personal finance expert here at The Motley Fool. Hi, Allison. Hi, Robert. How are you doing today? Just great. How are you? Uh, I'm doing really well. Today's going to be a fun show. So let me just segue into that, shall we? <laughs> Sure. We have Johnny Weathersby in the studio with Hi. us. Hi, Johnny. Yo. All right, you're going to learn more about who he is later. If you're in your <laughs> 20s, congratulations. You're a millennial, which is the best time to start making good money decisions. You got to get your ducks in a row so they keep on quacking all the way to happy retirement. That's a really awful metaphor, but you get what I'm saying. Today, we're going to talk about seven basic and relatively easy things that millennials and really anyone should do with their money. But first on the show, it's a great time of year for a state of the finances review. So bro is going to walk us through how to grade your own investing performance. Mm -hmm. And before we're done, we'll hit our producer Rick on the head with the shame stick really hard with your help. I can see him squirming in the studio. This is going to be so awesome. (laughs) All that and more on this week's episode of Motley Fool Answers. It's time for Answers Answers, where we give money answers to your money questions. And the question for today comes from Matthew, also known as Befuddled in Boston. He says, I have an option to put my bonus into my 401k. When I went to do this, I found that my yearly rate of return is negative 3.58%, while the S&P is up 1.2%. I'm in a target retirement fund, and I honestly do not know what I'm doing, but I do not like to see negative returns. Should I be worried that I'm in the wrong plan? I would say, first of all, good for you for looking at your returns, and this is particularly a good time of year to do that. You're getting your year-end statements. You can see how your portfolio performed, your funds performed, your investments great time to look and see, are they keeping up? Do you have the right funds and investments? But it's important to do an apples-to-apples comparison. So, um, he brought up the S&P 500. It's an index of U.S. large company stocks. As a group, even though that return of 1.4 or 1.2% doesn't sound exciting, that beats just about every other type of investment in 2015. Small company stocks, international stocks, commodities, even bonds, they either made no money or lost money. So, if you compare anything in 2015 to the S&P 500, chances are it's actually just not going to look good because they did well. But that changes from year to year. There will be years where international stocks are the best things to own, and um, you'll look like owning the S&P 500 was a bad decision. What you need to do is look over a longer time frame, at least three years and five years, and make that right comparison. So, you should only really be comparing your U.S. large-cap funds to the S&P 500. You should be comparing your small-cap funds to the S&P 600, which is an index of small-cap funds. The reason his target retirement fund lost money is because a target retirement fund is a broadly diversified portfolio of cash, bonds, all kinds of stocks, U.S. and international, that is appropriate for someone who's going to retire roughly in the year of the name of the fund. If you have a 2035 fund, that means you're going to retire on 2035. It's going to be very aggressive, but it's going to get gradually more conservative as you get close to retirement. Because it owns all those types of investments that were flat or lost money last year, it's going to look bad compared to the S&P 500. What you really want to do is compare that fund to other target retirement funds. Lovely. And that has been today's Answers Answers. Johnny Weathersby joins us today. And if you're thinking, oh, do I know that name? Probably you don't. 
He's but not you like should. That. But you should. He's a data analyst here at The Fool, and he also runs his very own blog called GentlemanRedux.com, where he talks about being the very model of a modern major gentleman. And he wrote an article on his site called Seven Things Young People Should Do With Their Money, and Bro loved it so much that he wanted to drag him into the studio and talk to him about it. It was a fantastic article. Thank you, bro. Thank you. You're I welcome. appreciate that. Well, full, full of good <laughs> advice and well-written. You're a young single guy about yes. town. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to get smart about money when you could be spending it all on like booze and, <laughs> and women? Well, so um, for me, it had a lot to do with just growing up and seeing some of the adults and the choices that they made in my life. But also about when I graduated college. I graduated in 2008, so time of the economy, the recession, things like that. It affects your priorities. And uh, it really just came down to me, there's kind of a certain fear in the back of my mind of not being able to do the things that I want to do later in life. So I just decided to knock certain things out of the way earlier, get smart about my money, and try doing the right things now. And it's working. I mean, just from what I know of you, um, you're a responsible, successful guy. You mentioned that in your article that you have a credit score of 800 or so, mm-hmm. yep, which is yep. outstanding. Outstanding, Johnny. Congratulations. A little bit, little bit over gold that star. in some places, That is gold star. Thank you. Thank you. Would, nice. you. would you ever date someone who didn't have a great credit score? We talked about this in a previous episode. As someone who's responsible, would that be a big turnoff for you? Would that be a deal breaker? As someone who's, who's responsible, that wouldn't be a deal breaker for me unless it's like I don't know. Are we talking like five hundred something with a? You have a, a limit. Lot of little red yes. flags. Got a limit. <laughs> Mentally, if I if I'm being asked to co-sign on a lot of things, all of a sudden that that matters, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good point. All right. <laughs> be like, girl, you're just naturally more attractive if your score is over seven hundred. I mean, that's just one of your lovely attributes. No. You got your legs, you got your pretty eyes, you got other stuff, but you really no. got that he credit store. He's never tickets. heard a woman broken down by credit score. This is interesting. <laughs> he doesn't go to Match.com. He goes to the credit reporting agencies and gets their lists. Yeah. <laughs> the eligible ladies of America with credit scores over 800. Ooh, over 800. Over 800. Ooh. There aren't that many. There aren't that many. Not that many, but if you can find one, lock it down. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you talked about seven steps, essentially, that millennials Mm -hmm. and anyone who needs to get a a handle on their finances need to take. First step is open two basic bank accounts. What bank accounts are we talking about here? Uh, Basically, we're talking about your checking and your savings account. Uh, You really want to look at things in terms of you need something to operate from and live off of in your day-to-day and you need something to have as reserves. We're not talking retirement, we're talking reserves. If something bad happens with your car, if you suddenly lose your job and you need to live off of it for a little while, these are things that you're looking to your savings account Emergency for. fund. Exactly. Kind of. yeah. yeah. And the great thing about having two accounts is the emergency fund, emergency fund is usually in a savings account separate from your checking, so that when you mm-hmm. go to the ATM and see that balance, it's out of sight. Right. You don't look and see, like, I have all this money, I can spend more. When you see that you have a smaller balance in your checking account, it makes you feel like mm-hmm. you don't have quite mm-hmm. as much because you've squirreled that other money away. Yep, and get into the habit of squirreling. It'll <laughs> it'll definitely help right. you in terms of, you know, this is money you're used to living without, and then that adds up over time, and that's what the savings account is for. So, step number two: create a budget. We've talked about this a lot on the show, but what specifically do you use to create a budget? Uh, specifically for me, I use Excel to create a budget. I've made this. 
monster little Excel form that monster little yeah it Aww. conditionally formats and all these other things it's kind of cool I, I'll kick a copy That's to a bro have monster. them evaluate it for me as I've probably mentioned before like the people I know who are the most ardent budgeters create their own spreadsheets they usually do it on their own um, and you actually can find templates for budgets at templates.office.com as well as google.com sheets so Lots of people have created these and put them up there for free. So if you're looking for one, just go ahead and download it. I will also point out that in your budget, you point out that you should make someone that you are rom- romantically involved with a line item in your budget. It's true. It's for, and that's just kind of like an inside joke. And I also note that I leave it to you as to whether or not to tell that person they are a line item in your budget. Know that person well and <laughs> think before you do that. But seriously. Wait, have you ser- you've seriously done that? Seriously. You've been like. Jessica, this is the Jessica line item, and did you tell Jessica, or whatever her name is, how much you spent on her? All right, fictitiously, her name's Jessica, and yeah, I told her after dating her for like two and a half years. What did she say? We were long distance, okay, and she knew me off, well enough, and she what, understood. First off, how much money did you spend on her, and and what did she say when you told her? Well, so, what I mean, like, we, we were long distance. When we would hang out, I'd set aside maybe like 900 or 1,000 bucks to go see her. Mm-hmm. So, that was like, plane ticket, we're hanging out over the weekend, all this different stuff. And we would see each other like once every other month or something like that. Wow. Uh, once we got closer, then it picked up. So things had to get adjusted accordingly. But if you're doing something like that and you know you're shelling out that kind of money on a regular basis, you're young, you're starting off, these are just things to consider. Otherwise, you end up, you know, having to decide between a teddy bear for Valentine's Day or your rent. And that's, just, <laughs> that's what happens. So are you I actually. That's great. No, it's not. Oh, it's awesome. And, and he also like a... he color codes the name based on her FICO. So if it drops, it starts going closer to red. That yeah. is not in the article. Bro's making it up. No. So I just like, are you looking at this on like an ROI perspective? No, are you no. like, well, I spent five hundred dollars on her and I only got a smooch. So nope, nope, maybe it's... I'm not going to spend so much on her. Nope, nope. It's it's just it's all in terms of just making sure that you have a balance somewhere in your budget, and that if, for example, you decide that you want to go and take her on a thousand dollar shopping spree, that thousand dollar shopping spree doesn't set you back five hundred dollars next month or something out of your checking account. Budgeting, yeah. ultra practical. That's all it is. Right. Budgeting is is about <laughs> tracking what you spent, but also planning for what you're going to spend. And if you have a recurring expense like visiting a long distance girlfriend then having that part of your budget i think makes sense you know to be honest like if i want to date johnny that's really what i'm saying well obviously but i guess (laughs) like if you if if this is how your mind is set and you tell someone like jessica this news and she's less than thrilled about it then maybe jessica is not the girl for you and you need a likewise practical woman who's like oh get out check out your line item on my spreadsheet and then you guys can geek out over spreadsheets (laughs) The and then romantic financial advice. That's what we do. Smoochy smooch. All right. Next next step. Oh, we still have like five steps to get through. It's the personalities in the room and I love it. All right. Step All right. number three. Establish a line or two of credit if you haven't already. Yes. And uh, this is just basically encouraging people. I hear a lot of my friends uh, that started like credit cards later in life. They've uh, never owned any kind of property. They, you know, they haven't bought a car or made any car payments on anything. And so most people you end up graduating about now, and the only credit to your name really is like a student loan or something like that. Uh, you really want to look at things like building up with a credit card company over a certain amount of time um, and just managing that properly. 
Uh, don't always max out your card. Try to keep your spending within 30 to 50% of your balance. Uh, just little things like that. So, we actually had a letter from a listener named Chris, and mm-hmm. he writes that he's a college student looking to create some financial infrastructure in his life, but he can't get a credit card or purchase or rent a house because he makes very little income. So, he wants to know what can he do to establish roots in a financial life. Now, bro, that was your homework to go figure out what, what do you do when you can't get a credit card? Uh, well, first thing, some people think that maybe if they use a debit card, if they deposit money in your bank and then use that, well, that will establish credit. And generally, it won't. Nope. Even if you swipe it at a store and hit the credit button, that doesn't do it. What you might need to get is a, what's called a secured credit card. Sounds actually similar to a debit card in that you have to send money to the credit card company first, and then that's your spending limit. But then many of these cards, after you have maintained that and paid off your bills for like 12 months, it becomes a regular credit card. Um, I, and actually, I, I will point people to a great article from NerdWallet um, recently. Hey, by, Day Day. That's right, from uh, Virginia <laughs> McGuire, Best College Student Credit Cards of 2016. Because she did a great job of actually highlighting specific cards that are good for students in specific situations, even those who have good grades. So I would definitely take a look at that. All right. But, but I will say, this happened to me. I didn't have credit cards when I was younger. And then when I first tried to apply for a mortgage, I couldn't get it because I had no credit record. So it definitely makes sense to just put a little bit on a credit card pay it off every month. Step number four, if your job offers a 401k, put money into it. Yes, not enough people take advantage of that. Which is crazy, right? It It is crazy, crazy. When, when you think about it. It's pretty crazy when you think about it. Uh, just make sure that, not to use a cliche term here, but don't leave money on the table. If your job is saying that they will match, you know, I don't know, say they're matching... Seven percent. Uh, yeah, seven percent of. Or I don't what know what's average. In. Yeah, do you know? The average is fifty cents on the dollar, up to a contribution rate of six percent. So, I knew bro, wouldn't you? I knew I in, could look you at it. You put in six percent, the company throws in another three for a total of nine percent. And then you're good. Yeah. Yep. Just don't leave that extra three percent on the table. So, if it comes down to even paying off student loans or paying off high interest debt, do you still put the money into your four hundred one k? Student loans, yes. Credit card debt. It really depends on how big it is and the interest rate. Um, if you are paying 20, 25, 30%, it's, it's pretty hard to, to beat that by putting money into a 401k and investing it. Um, plus, there's the psychological value of just getting rid of the debt. Right. Do everything Off you can to get back. rid of the debt, mm-hmm. then start new. Step number five, increase your financial literacy. Learn, learn, learn. Johnny, you have a favorite book that you wanted to recommend. Uh, yes, there's this book called uh, How to Invest uh, Fifty to $5,000, I believe is his name. There's other things tied to the end of that book. Oh, I can give you the whole title. Oh, yeah, rock on. How to Invest Fifty to $5,000, The Small Investor's Step-by-Step Plan for Low-Risk Investing in Today's Economy. Boom! That book. <laughs> I don't know how you didn't have the whole title memorized, but <laughs> but that that book uh, is is kind of just a, a little bit of a it's 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 a fun read. It gives you very good practical advice, um, and it's talking in terms of money that you can easily have on hand, even if it's something where you don't make a lot of money and you don't have a lot to set aside. The first thing it deals with is fifty bucks. Uh, you can you can squirrel away fifty bucks. Just try. Believe in yourself. Fifty bucks. <laughs> Johnny believes in you. <laughs> Uh, bro, do you have a book you want to recommend? I know I'm always looking to you for book recommendations, but do you have one you want to recommend? Uh, stocks for the Long Run by Jeremy Siegel is a great history of investing, not just in stocks, but in all kinds of investments. And you also learn a lot about the history of the Fed and the economy. So it, it is sort of textbooky, um, but very enjoyable. 
I originally listened to it as an audiobook, and I think it's a great idea. Cool. All right, step number six. Open one, two, three, beyond basic accounts focused on your retirement. Yes. Um, this one is specifically just tying back to the uh, savings account mentioned earlier. Um, some people hold you know, just the false belief that if I put things in my savings account, I'll be fine for retirement. And really, you can you can do a lot better than a savings account in terms of returns for retirement. Um, namely, the three that I'm thinking of would be uh, IRA, whether that's uh, traditional or a Roth. Uh, you're talking about a money market, and of course, a brokerage account, just so that you can play around in the market, buy some stocks, try that out. Right. Step number seven, the final step: try to make a few more bucks with your money, Johnny. Tell us what your major was in college. <laughs> uh, I was an entrepreneurial studies major at University of Missouri, Kansas City. Boom, UMKC. Go Which Rooms. I think is a great idea for a degree, by the way. They should have more of those. Oh, yeah. But I mean, it's just we were that, that whole class, it was just like, you know, use your talent, use your resources, let those be productive for you. Um, you always hear people say, let your money make money for you. And I'm a very strong advocate of if you enjoy writing or like I do, blogging, then, you know, do that on the side for a company, or do that and figure out advertising, or teach workshops on it, things like that. Uh, there's just a lot of little things that you can do with your excess time and your excess money to generate a little bit of revenue for you on the side. By the way, I would say go ahead and do that, millennials, before you start having kids, because then you have <laughs> zero money, zero time, zero everything. The only thing you have more of is videos on your iPhone. That's probably true. <laughs> That's probably true. I think one thing that people don't uh, think a lot about in terms of their personal finance is, is developing their human capital and their career. And just like you want to diversify your investments, you want to diversify your skills. And that's what I like a lot about what you just said, is that you are you have your job at work, and, and depending on what you do, you might be kind of confined in terms of what you do and the skills you're developing. Doing something outside builds up a whole other portfolio of skills that you could use later on, either building your own business or to get a different job or move within the company. Yep. And important thing to note, sink or swim, you learn something and you learn something valuable from the experience. There's a fellow whose name I can't pronounce, but who can't stand the price of college these days, like me. And <laughs> instead of paying for his daughter's college education, he's going to give him the money and have him start a business, knowing that it'll probably fail, but they'll learn more than if they went to college. Just saying. What if their kids don't want to do that? What if they want to go to college? They'll probably go to college. <laughs> he'll cave. He'll cave like all parents. I want to go to no, college. No. Forget you in college. Cash. Go start a business. Take the money and run. Hey, Johnny, thank you so much for joining us. That covers thank all seven steps. Um, again, his website is gentlemanredux.com. That's gentleman, singular, redux.com. And it has all kinds of good stuff. I would say it's it's like a lifestyle. It is blog. like a lifestyle. Relationship blog. advice, dressing advice, health, exercise, and one really good article about money. That is a valid summary. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good read. He's a good guy. Johnny, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Sometimes it feels like Bro and I are just talking into the ether. Uh, but when we hear from you, our listeners, we know that's not true. And it's a warm feeling. And it's also a kind of scary feeling knowing that you guys listen to us. So I just wanted to cover a little bit of what we've heard from our listeners in the last few days, weeks. This will be fun. Go right ahead. I'm calling this 
you actually listen to us. <laughs> First one, Levi's from South Dakota, and he listened to our gift giving guide back in December. And that included the idea from Jen Parker of taking a candle and writing a little message or a memory on each little candle and giving it to someone. So do you know what he did? What did he do? He took a bunch of candles and he wrote a different message and memory for each one and gave them to his girlfriend. And it was a really sweet, sweet gift idea. And he budgeted for it. There's a line item for it. He didn't budget. budget for it. So anyway. That is very sweet, by is, the way. It is very sweet. I'm gonna, he shared it on Twitter. So I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i share it from our account, too, so you can go see it. But he, he got all these candles. And he said, you know, burn when. And there's instructions for each candle. So burn this one when you miss me. Burn this one when you feel thankful for what you have. Like, oh, it's just really, really That's sweet. That's really sweet. All right, moving on. It turns out that Chris Hill, um, the host of Motley Fool Money and Market Foolery, also listens to the show. And he messaged me on Slack at work to say, I may need to request equal time on a future Motley Fool Answers episode to defend myself against the misinformation Mark Reith has spread about me. Killian, listener Killian, tallies all verbal tics, not mine. She comes with an episode total. She doesn't tally by individual. So there you go. We're all horrible at radio. And we all say, <laughs> you know, and so Mine is um. way too much. If, you, if you're looking for a drinking game for Motley Fool Answers, drink every time I say um. That's Killian's drinking game. Yeah, you'll get smashed. Well, not you specifically. She does it for all of us. Can I drink every time I edit um out of this stream? Please do. And I, will, I, should, I should owe you the drink. I should buy it for you. That will be my accountability. We have a little quarter jar. Like every drink. time we do it, we drop a quarter in, and then it goes to your kid's 529 plan. Oh, wait! Speaking of which... Next up, an update on our accountability buddies. As you know, you're more likely to reach your financial goals if you have a friend holding you accountable. Accountability buddy. And you guys, listeners, might also remember that we set a few goals earlier in the year. And Bro reached his goal of doing a weekly State of the Family Finances report. Did you do it again this week? I did, and I augmented it. I originally started with just what I could do on Mint, and now I have, I have augmented it with some of the assets that we have that are, cannot be tracked by Mint, sort of like, like our, Motley Fool, our shares in the Motley Fool, right. and other things that we own that I put a rough value on. So, Rick, behind the glass was supposed to open up a 529 and of course he jokingly said if you want to fund it I will go ahead and open up a 529. So, unfortunately, he learned that our listeners do listen to us and our our listener in China is what he would like to be called emailed and offered to fund Rick's 529 with $25 the minimum opening deposit but he gave him a few things that he had to do in order to make that happen. Um, I would say however that just emailing him shamed Rick enough to finally open up that 529. Rick, did you do it? Kinda. <laughs> Can you expand on that, please? Well, I went so far as to fill out everything I need to fill out online, except I have not yet picked out which uh, which plan I want to put the money in. I'm comparing them and contrasting them and stalling and making excuses <laughs> about why I haven't done it yet. But I don't actually need somebody out there, our listeners, our dear listeners, to fund my account. I, I, I'm duly shamed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't necessarily know that our listener in China meant to shame you, but when I read this, I was like, oh, Rick, oh, <laughs> man. You said you didn't want a stick, and this guy was offering you a carrot, but it was really a carrot stick. 
and he thwacked you hard with it. You can get bruises from those carrots. <laughs> no kidding. Um, so we want to thank our listener in China for offering, and hopefully by next week we'll have better news. I don't know. I, let's give the guy credit. Come on now. You started the process, right? I did. Okay. That you're, included you're part a, of the way there. Included a personal consultation like? with Bro to ask about which, these different plans and which one would be best. Good cop, bad cop here. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. We're going to try everything we can. Um, we also have one last accountability buddy update because I'm an accountability buddy to a woman at The Fool named Leah, and she's awesome. And she listened to one of our earlier episodes where we talked about if you're trying to reach a financial goal to color in like little parts of a doodle until you have color every time you save up like $100, fill, you know, and then eventually when you reach your goal, you've colored this beautiful thing. And so she made a doodle to save up enough money for her emergency fund. And so every time she saved up $100, she gets to color in another swirl in her doodle. And um, so I, she sent me how it's coming along. And so I'm going to post that to our Twitter feed too. Great. Just a reminder, we're on Twitter. You can follow us at Answers Podcast where you can see stuff like the candles that Levi made or me hitting Rick over the head with a carrot. <laughs> a beautiful photograph of Johnny Weathersby. All right. Well, <laughs> that's going to do it for today. I think that's enough. Enough, enough shaming of Rick, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, the show is edited... Oh, Rick, what do we want to say? Procrastinatingly? Procrastinatingly? Not really. Not really. By Rick Engdahl. Apologetically. <laughs> Lovingly. Lovingly, because he takes out all of our ums and you knows and so's. All those verbal ticks. Uh, again, you can follow us on Twitter at Answers Podcast, or you can email us. It's answers at fool.com. Yeah. Johnny, thanks again for joining us. <laughs> You're the best. I'm falling apart. The wheels are coming off the wagon it's as we're, it's we're getting over the finish line here, because it's a wagon race. Yeah.